eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back! T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast is back for our second season. Bigger and better than ever. Seriously, though, this ish is huge! I'm your host, T-Pain. Every Tuesday, join me and my guest and my co-host for action-packed, hilarious, inspirational conversation. That's right. We're doing T-Pain Tuesday. We got the biggest guests, new drinks, new games, and crazy studio vibes. You already know what it is, and here's Nappy Boy Radio, baby. Listen and subscribe to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio podcast. Season 2 is available now everywhere you get your podcast. You already know what it is. Come on through. Well, in this show, we'll talk a lot about the Ring Brothers and SEMA and some Kevin, of Kevin Hart, Hart's cars. Some Kevin yeah, Hart's some stuff. really cool stuff. Some auction updates. Uh, first, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Yeah, get it on. Get it on, and welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Prohl. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. Fresh off his triumphant return from uh, SEMA and Apex as well. I was out there. Got to see some pretty cool stuff. Some Kevin Hart cars. Pretty bitchin' stuff. Saw some Ring Brothers stuff. Always bitchin' the, uh, what the Ring Brothers do. Um, thoughts about uh, SEMA and Apex? Uh, a, a few things. So I didn't get over to Apex, but uh, SEMA footprint has grown as we've talked about they've expanded into that west hall and there's now more uh, boring tunnels connecting them with the teslas riding underground and uh but the past two years after uh, uh it taking a break i guess if you will for uh for for the pandemic 
the lay of the land has been a little bit different. There's been several of the big companies that uh, have been a staple there um, opted out. Uh, there's been they filled in some of these spots with like pop up rest areas, meeting areas, snack areas. But the feedback that I've gotten so far was it was it was a great SEMA. The booths were busy. Business was getting done. Um, sort of kind of back to normal or back to a, a good situation. But there was a big announcement about the progression of SEMA. What's going to happen to the future of SEMA? How do they grow this thing? And I don't know if you read about any of the news yet, but they want to do SEMA Fest. SEMA Fest is now a week-long event, kicks off with uh, at the beginning of the week, sort of a, a Goodwood or a Monterey Car Week with all sorts of things popping up around town. Mm -hmm. um, the main event being the SEMA show, which is the trade show. But now all of the public things that will surround this, it'll kick off with NHRA drag racing, which it normally does. But now SEMA will be more involved, um, more car shows and live events and music and comedy and you know parades and, and just completely take over uh, the entire week. Of, of events and stuff. Now, SEMA back in the day was, it, it had more of, you and I went years ago, and there was more of like the big sponsored corporate parties or like eBay was at a nightclub and, and you know, there was bottle service for stuff. And that all kind of got pulled back. It was just, I don't know if it was a super effective cost of money, but now they're trying to bring back some of that fanfare, but without having to do those types of just like invite only corporate events like how do you make it more of a public thing we always say during monterey car week sure there's you know there's a acura party that you know is it's kind of exclusive and then there's this event and there's that event but there's also like the exotics on cannery row and there's the concorso italiano and there's there's things you can buy tickets to and the public can go and enjoy and you can go to the track so for us with monterey car week the track for us is the main event that's going to be the SEMA show and then all of these things all around it. So it yeah. seems kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, car guys want more car stuff and why not give it to them? You, you have a brand. You have a footprint. You have a, a calendar that, yeah. with a couple dates circled. <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead and um, spread it out. And why not? It's It's probably – it's kind of the, probably the way everything is going. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, Monterey. I guess. I mean, back in the day, was a road race through the you know redwood trees. You know, back in the yeah. day, and then at some point they started the historics. And I don't know the lineage of the uh, Rolex historics, but I would bet for the first five years it was just a vintage race at the track and then at some point somebody said we should do an italiano concourse that weekend and get some of the car guys to come over here and then next thing you know there's cars and coffee and that you know or maybe it just started as the pebble beach event concourse and i guess the pebble beach concourse was probably I, there probably before the, the the historics yeah and so you start with the pebble beach concourse which is SEMA, and then you go, well, let's go to the track, and then you go, let's do the Italiano, and uh, let's have some auctions roll into town, and next thing you know, it's on. Right. Yes, I forgot that. They want to bring an auction there as well. Yeah. Um, and what's going to happen is, is there's going to be some way to sort of figure out uh, 
there's going to be some really incredible builds, like from Ring Brothers and Troy Trepanier and Salvaggio and Speedcore and and some of those cars are going to probably be auctioned off. You're going to be able to buy those cars immediately. Now they'll still be on the show floor and they'll do the thing, but they'll be like committed to the auction, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll be kind of interesting. And they, I'm not sure who they're going to be teaming up with on the auction side, but yeah, make it an automotive destination. Monterey is great, um, but also think of think of the platform being Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. The hotels, the transportation, the restaurants. Uh, it's a great place to vacation. You can see live shows and gamble and things like that if you want to. Um, yeah, it could be interesting. Now, I, I have said this uh, on uh, the other podcast, on Shift and Steer with with Brad and Aaron. I said, there's going to be growing pains. Like when they changed SEMA after the pandemic and Uber b- b- first got into you know into Vegas, there's always some growing pains. So it takes a, a few years to go – Oh, how do we handle transportation? And then, you know, they move the Uber lot here. And then, how do you get from here to here? And how do you get into this place? You got to give it a little bit of, uh, uh, you got to be a little patient with the thing. But also, this all kind of came up because the Olympics, right? We hear about uh, the Olympics are going to so and so town, going to LA. So, LA builds a bunch of shit. And maybe not LA is not the best example, but. Uh, other countries and other areas, they build a bunch of shit, Colorado, and then the Olympics come, and then nothing gets used again, and they built facilities and whatever, right? Well, F1 is going to Vegas, and there's going to be stuff like built to support that because, uh, you know, chances are they signed a multi-year deal. So F1 is going to have some growing pains and build some stuff out and get a little better and a little more efficient on year two, year three. But now SEMA, like, piggybacking the SEMA Fest onto that, maybe take advantage of some of the things that F1 is bringing to the table, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing to Vegas. Maybe there's building stuff or maybe they are exploring ways to put grandstands along the strip to show something like the F1 race. Well, maybe SEMA can do a a SEMA parade and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So it's – the idea of those organizations like SEMA and, and, and teaming up with F1 or at least learning from each other might be helpful. Agreed. All right. We also have uh, checked out some pretty cool Ring Brother cars, and Kevin Hart had some pretty cool cars. Got to see that C1 VAT, the 59, called mint condition because it's mint colored. He paid 850 or so yeah, maybe, an auction uh, for maybe it was like seven something with with the vig yeah bought it at barry jackson um uh, i was there when he bought it it was beautiful it was beautiful but i guess when he got the car back um uh, a lot got slipped under the radar the, the car wasn't quite as as mint <laughs> as, really? uh, as they thought and he had to invest quite a bit to get that car up to the caliber and it's kind of these one of these weird things i was going to pick your brain about what do you pay for that at barrett jackson uh yeah you can find it uh uh, yeah called mint condition um you don't always get to see the full story on some of these cars you go to barrett jackson you're there you're you're trying to crawl around the car lean under the car um, but you never really know how it runs you really don't know um the build quality under the skin right Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess the car had some flaws. Eight thirty-five. I told you. Sorry, eight twenty-five. Wow. Eight twenty-five. Wow. I knew it started with an eight for some reason. That's, I, I, that's somebody, all the money in yeah, the world for was, a fifty-nine vet. Uh, oh my god! And and people are like, oh, but it's really nice. It's really nice. So you're already into it for eight and a quarter, 
Mm -hmm. then you come back and you're like, it's not quite an eight and a quarter car. Do you put another, you know, one seventy five into it, and it's a million dollars, and then yeah, like I mean, I mean you, you kind of have, have to, to finish it, right? Like yeah. you, you can't be ninety percent there. Yeah, he had uh, he had his Barracuda, he had his uh, Charger. He uh, we don't have on the list the the, uh, the, the Grand National, the Grand National, the Grand National. Yeah, that which was, was a pretty cool piece. Uh, that was my fault. I'm going through the list, so. Um, he had a 69 Plymouth Barracuda uh, called Dark Knight, and then he had a 70 Charger called Hellraiser, which I think has a elephant engine in it. It's 1,000 horsepower, mm-hmm. carbon fiber body, um, uh, really cool stuff. Actually, the, the notes I said the, – the notes that I read on this article said uh, it was called Dark Knight, but I don't think it is. I think it's called Michael Myers off mm. of the movie Halloween because the Ring Brothers built – that white 69 Camaro, mm-hmm. if you remember that car, mm-hmm. that's a friend of Kevin Hart's. <laughs> mm-hmm. They built that car, and they named it Strode, who I believe in the Halloween movies is a character that doesn't get killed by Michael Myers. Mm. So he made a white car that was the counterpoint of Kevin Hart's Mike Myers car, uh, and and Ring Brothers built it for him. And that was just kind of a fun – I just found that out. We just interviewed Goldberg, and I just talked to Ring Brothers. I don't. Uh, I don't abide by the super custom car. That's the automatic. I don't like it. I want a stick shift in there. I, I I agree, but a lot of what's happening now is the more modern day six speed, ten speed transmissions, yeah. paddle shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, I get it. The uh, the Ring Brothers, uh, who just never disappoint. They had the uh, Chevy truck, the forty eight, which is. I don't even like trucks, but this had nothing to do with a truck. And uh, the detail, I mean, it's just exquisite, exquisite. I I don't care if you're a car person. You have to come up on that thing. It was a piece of jewelry. Um, The Blazer, the 72 Blazer they did was really cool, especially the interior with the shock absorbers on the seats and the kind of mesh seating. I It just... You know, I, I think the big problem if you're the Ring Brothers is you have to outdo yourself every time, and and it's it's you're running out of real estate. They they've done eight or nine of these Blazers, and this one was actually not built specifically for the SEMA show. What they were telling me was um, they built this a while ago. The owners had the car for about six months or so and driving it and having fun with it, and there was an opportunity to show it at SEMA, so they they brought it out. And the theme with that was meant to be an open-air, off-road vehicle. It actually has a full, like, like, like pre-runner suspension. It has a foot of travel on the suspension. And it's been meant to be able to clean the whole thing out. The seats, as you mentioned, kind of float off the, you know, off the, off the floor. Mm-hmm. The rear seat just attaches to the roll cage. It doesn't attach to the floor. Looks Everything like there's some quick, re- quick releases on some of the stuff as I put my, <coughs> as I put my head in there. And there's too. removable panels in, in the, on the floorboards as well. So you can actually just kind of wash and clean this whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> How much uh, mudden or tough mudden are you doing in this, I, uh, you know, $800,000 vehicle? You know, what's funny is, is I, I would say normally none, but Ring Brother clients for some reason end up putting miles on their cars. They did a really nice, like, 65 Mustang convertible for a guy. And he, <laughs> 
and he brought it back in to get freshened up. In a year, he put 7,000 miles on that car. He just that drove a, it everywhere. That is a ton <laughs> for that type of car. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> this stuff's exquisite. And, and you can't – there's nowhere you can look where you don't see something that is just amazing. Uh, there's no – I mean, look – it, it, a, a custom car is not much different than a custom house. It, it's like everything adds up. It just adds up. And, you know, when you're building a custom house, you can go with some stock baseboard that, you know, that may be in the house down the street. But and you could kind of go, well, then who cares? You know, it's just baseboard or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But once you start doing that eventually the numbers add up and like you'll see guys do custom cars but then you pop the hood and you see some pretty basic hose clamps or something on mm-hmm. it and it's like mm-hmm. all right well they didn't they're not getting we're not adding a couple of points maybe we'll deduct a few but with them they just figured out every fastener every screw every bit yeah. must must be and and I've always said I I always hated a uh I always hated when someone would do a nice custom car, sometimes even like in the Chip Foose era back in the 90s or something, and then on comes the billet steering wheel that you've seen on 15 other cars. And it's like, but that's the standard billet wheel that everyone uses, you know? And it's like, yeah, but this is a custom car. Yeah, you got to make it one-off now. Yeah, and it used to be that, well, you you do a custom car, but the – Billet wheel was kind of a stock item, and sometimes the rims, billet rims, would be like a stock item, maybe like a stick shift knob or something. Now everything is just one off. It, it is, and and what what these guys are able to do now, and going from a sketch to a CAD file to several three D printed plastic prototypes, and then machined out of aluminum or metal or something at that point uh it is it's phenomenal i don't i don't know that it's a cost savings bit <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> but uh certainly fewer materials machining stuff out of out of aluminum is going through tons of it uh but you you know the details on these cars it, it you wouldn't be able to go through all of them just being on the SEMA show floor. I mean, something easy like the bla- the blazer, it seems easy, is the red gas can that you see in the back that just looks like a, a couple of gallons. That's the fuel filler because they didn't want to put a hole in the fender. So mm, which looks no. like a gas can, you fill in there. Sweet. And the those woven straps to make up the seat, they said, well, if you did them out of leather, they would stretch. It wouldn't work. They actually had to do vinyl straps first and then wrap the vinyl in leather so mm. it wouldn't stretch and, and change the look of that right. leather. Um, and then that 48 truck that you were talking about, this is IndyCar meets, uh, you know, an old work truck. Uh, this thing is so over the top, so many details. But you you don't even notice it until later. They're like, you don't see a single wire on that car. Everything is so hidden. Even up underneath the dash where you'd normally put ECUs and wires, it's not there. It's hidden in the floorboards. It's mm. underneath. Yeah, the engine's in the front. The uh, radiator's in the back or the middle, Yeah, mid. I right mean, behind it's the just, cab, yeah. And they just, made a carbon fiber shroud that scoops from the sides to bring in the radiator in. 
Um, but one of the things we talked about on this vehicle with them is this was an opportunity for them to show off a lot of things you wouldn't see. Everything is pretty much exposed. That cantilever suspension, the whole where the bed of the truck would be, there's no bed. You just see suspension and cooling systems and carbon fiber scoops and and roll cage stuff. Like it's just it's really over the top. It's exquisite and the Mustang, which is called Patriarch 69 Mustang, is beautiful. The Camaro's beautiful, 69 Camaro. Um called Strode. Um, now, the Grand National is named Dark Knight, and the Roadrunner is named Michael Myers. That's what uh, Chris says. Okay. The, the the problem with the Ring Brothers, and they're two of the nicest guys ever, is the stuff is so good that you almost assume a lot of it left the factory that way. I mean, you don't, but I think many would. Like, they do such a incredible job on their body work that sometimes you go, you know, it, it's sort of like <clears throat> you see how the bumper, the rear bumper on the Camaro or the Mustang left the factory. Yeah. Right. And then these guys shave it down and French it in and tuck it up and yeah. the margins and the gaps are all perfect. They're all perfect. And you just go to the back of the car and you go, yeah, that's how they should have. That's how I would have done it. That's yeah. how, why didn't it, why didn't leave Dearborn in 1969 with that? Yeah, right. And, and, and a lot of people, I don't think, assume it did leave Dearborn that way. Just you do – it's like when you do good architecture, people never really stop and appreciate it. They just walk into the house and go, yeah, that's how I would have done it. Yeah. But they don't really realize you have a blank sheet of paper. You yeah. may not have made these same decisions. That white Camaro, like you said, it looks like a really nice Camaro, but that's a full carbon fiber body. There's no metal on that thing, which they built from scratch. It's widened a little bit. The front wheels are pushed forward it's an inch and a half. a lot, I think. And so the wheelbase has been extended an inch and a half because the front wheels have been pushed forward, um, forward more of in front of the engine as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's just every everything has been touched on that thing. And then you look at it and go, yeah, yeah, it looks like a Camaro. It's like, yeah, I, I could see, you know, the paint's good and they, you know, put their mirrors and their door handles on it. Like, no, you, you can't even begin to to understand all of the details. But I think it also... I, I like the competition between the builders. There's literally that show, Battle of the Builders, which, by the way, they won overall, and they won two of the four categories. They won the four-by-four four category, <laughs> With too. the Blazer, and then they won with the truck, the 48 truck. They won the Hot Rod category and the overall win. So two of the four categories they won. But the Mustang that he was showing us, um, Mike, I was just talking with him again <coughs> and, uh, and and Jim, and they were like, look at the interior of that car. It has that 69 Mustang feel, but with the floating pods above the, the dash. And they were so, so happy and proud of that interior, the way that worked. Yeah. And the side scoops on the, on the rear fenders, quarters of the 69 Mustang, theirs flows through. The air goes through, goes channels through the body and goes out the taillights, which they 3D printed. Yeah. Taillights, like such, such cool stuff. It's marvelous stuff. And I know they're doing a DB5 or 6, yeah. I think, which will be. Yeah, the Aston Martin. <clears throat> the next iteration for for this hobby will be, you know, 
it, it's kind of what Singer did. So what the Ring Brothers do and, you know, what Kevin Hart is into and stuff is they, they get a Dodge Charger and then they do the best they can with a Dodge Charger. Yeah. But the Dodge Charger is kind of bulky and, you know, has some some decent lines, but not 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 all great. And you do the best you can. Uh like a like a fat chick who's got like five weeks until her wedding, and, and it's like you put her on that diet, you get her that liposuction, you do all the stuff you can, but the product is going to be better. Yeah, but it's not going to be what it could have been. Right. If we'd started with a different model. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> now, what you have with Singer, as I always say, is you now you're starting with a good shape. And then you see what Singer does when you start with a good shape, then you go next level because the, the beginning shape was good. Yeah. <clears throat> the 69 Mustangs a little bit that way. The Camaros a little bit that way. But I think what we're going to start seeing is people going, look, if, I, if I'm going to give the Ring Brothers <clears throat> 800 grand to build me a car, why do I start with a $7,500 shell? Yeah. Like, Maybe I should just go get some Beater DB something or Jaguar XK something or a Dino Ferrari with a blown engine or something. And like, I'm paying 800 instead of 4,500 for the donor. Why not pay 250 grand? I'll be all in at a million fifty or, or, you know, whatever the math is. But, but here's our jumping off point. Right. Yeah. You know, um, an interesting example of, uh, similar to to that would be that 48 truck that they did that we were just talking about. That started off as this crazy sort of indie car style chassis. And then it had a certain shape, certain size to it. Because that truck's not very big. No. Right? And the muscle cars you're saying are, they are very big. And they wanted to build some type of vehicle that would show off a lot of those components. That's why everything is so exposed mechanically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what if we had some sort of truck cab, right? So now all you're doing is creating the cockpit, right? Right, And, you know, the hood's removable, the back, everything. There's nothing in the back. So that's what it was. Now, what's interesting is I asked them, how much of the concept rendering is accurate to the final product? And uh, they said, oh, every time you do a rendering of, you know, these muscle cars and things like that, they're all so slammed to the ground with a big wheel. And you look at the sketch and they're like, you couldn't drive it. Mm-hmm. He goes, but this thing, because it's an open wheel car, there was no liberties taken. They said, this thing is almost exactly 100 point to the sketch. Hmm. To the, to the rendering of it because the stance and the look of the whole thing and the custom center lock wheels and everything they did was was, was spot on. It was really designed that way from the get-go. Um, what else are you thinking about in the automotive space, man? Well, um, I, I just wanted to touch on uh, the Kevin Hart car, the um, the Grand National. Grand Nationals are starting to pop up, right? We see them on Bring a Trailer. They're pulling big money. The Roadster shop brought a Grand National out, and it was absolutely amazing. Kevin Hart's Grand National, the thought process there was he already has a Grand National. He has one very low miles, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand miles. And the thought was he was going to go over that car, like give it the treatment, the you know the, the yeah. Dave Salvaggio treatment. Um, 
And then in talking, they're like, you know what? Maybe just don't touch that one. Keep it all original. We'll find something else. And they found one with like an engine swap, and it, it wasn't all original. So Can't they didn't you feel that bad. Get a Buick Regal and just sort of go at it. I, I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, I. I it seems like you should just get an '87 Buick Regal. I mean, as long as you're taking it down to the bone, right? And, and in this car, I think maybe they were looking for it, and they happened to come upon a Grand National that was an engine swap and just wasn't worth as much. Mm-hmm. So the idea was, you know, the the Grand National is a six-cylinder, single-turbo. How do we modernize all of that? So they went with the Cadillac ATS turbocharged six-cylinder, mm-hmm. and they converted it from a twin turbo to a single turbo a, a larger single turbo mm-hmm. and under the hood it had kind of a cool grand national look to it with the with that turbo shield that, that you know that says gn on it or, or whatever um but modern day electronics modern day transmission and it's like 475 horsepower or something where the original one was what like 245 or mm-hmm. or whatever so they actually made like a really nice interpretation of a, of a Grand National out of this thing with a modern driveline. So kind of an interesting Yeah, the piece. big single turbo is a good look. Yeah, they uh, look good. They did a good You job. know, the big single turbo with the shroud around it, the heat shroud, that they had their own modern take on. But it, it was good looking. And, uh, you know, it kind of harkens back to when I kind of tell people, you know, you don't always want the biggest rims with the thinnest series tires you can yeah. fit on the car, the most turbos or whatever. There's kind of an an element of this thing, <clears throat> you know, ran back in the day with 60, 65 series tires on it or something. Don't put the 35 series on it. Like get, sort of tip, tip the cap to the older look. Yeah. And I've never been more impressed by one turbo. <laughs> because like right. we, we normally you see the twin turbos and we love the piping and then there's kind of the reverse screw ones which are called uh, yeah the mirror image the ones, mirror that, image that ones and uh, the custom headers was, yeah. and you go oh that's so cool that's so cool but this is one turbo that's really cool but it's cool if you appreciate it i mean it's cool if you know the history of it yeah. i don't i don't know that mike august thought it was cool <laughs> But I thought it was cool because we know the the history and and you not going with a you know V eight crate engine yeah but a, but a six with a smaller displacement like that that's the way to do it and and I think we're going to start to see more creative builds uh, with different engine platforms we see a few but it's going to be more of a thing and then this whole like reinvented reimagined. You know, like what Singer started with Porsche. We're going to start to see more of that and not just be Porsche. There's other good jumping off points. I mean, Porsche's great and Singer's proven that. But we're going to start to see some more interesting ideas like the group in Europe that does the Z car. and. Well, how about the Bronco guys? Yeah. I mean, know. I was hanging out at a booth talking to a Bronco guy. God, I can't remember. Out of Pennsylvania, maybe. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, mean, that's I, a- I forgot the name of it, but. $800,000 Bronco yeah. that they're just doing. And I, I think they're repopping everything on a lot of those cars. That's the other thing, yeah. too. Like, you know, it used to be, well, there are only so many shells of Broncos or 911s or, you know, floating around out there. You know, it's interesting. Speaking of Mike August, <laughs> he hates carbon fiber. 
I know, and everyone's going toward carbon fiber. Like the Dodge booth it. literally had the charger in all the old charger in all <clears throat> carbon fiber. Now he hates it, but he's covered his Infinity <laughs> SUV with matte black tape all over it. Yeah, what is it? You know, you know what I mean. Like, which is it, Mike? If you, you don't like this look, then don't re- recreate it on your own vehicle. Yeah. Now look, it's matte black is. Not carbon fiber, but if you step step back nine feet, it basically just looks like matte black yeah. or, or gloss black. He was poo pooing on every carbon fiber piece. <laughs> and even, even, it was ridiculous. <laughs> We're looking at a picture of the oh, guy's I car. Seen, he, I didn't know he did that. He did the hood now. He did what, the hood. What, what's he, what's he, going on? He can't afford a full wrap. He's done some <laughs> chevrons on the side. I think there's some chevrons on the side. He's done. Uh, he did the hood. Did a racing stripe down the hood. Now we got to stop taking him to SEMA <laughs> because I don't know if it's rubbing off in a bad way. But this thing is ugly. <laughs> you think he would be inspired by the carbon fiber? Yeah. By the way, I love the picture with the uh, with the blurred out license plate on Mike August's car. Who gives a fuck? No one's going to take his QX fifty. <laughs> and who wouldn't recognize this? Uh, yeah. Piece of shit? Like if you saw this thing on the road, you'd be like, I, I get it now. It's Mike August. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, what's going on in the car world? As we're here recording this, there's an auction going off, an RM Sotheby's auction, and uh, Michael Schumacher's 2003 Formula One car, I think he won the championship in eight eight or nine races in this vehicle, one of the last of the V10 F1 cars. Uh, The estimate was 7.6 to 9.6 million. Uh, It did sell. Uh, do you have a thought? Do you have a guess? Um, I, I, you know, they've been trying to get all the money in the world for the sort of more modern day F1 cars. And they just haven't really got what they think they're worth. I mean, you saw that Newman Haas, you know, uh, indie auction, indie car auctions. And it was like... Yeah. There wasn't anything over a million bucks. Like Mario Andretti's championship winning, it was four hundred grand. Yeah. You, you know, Indy is you know way behind uh, right. F one. Obviously, the cars that are getting all the money in the world are the mid eighties rally cars. They're doing well, but we saw a Schumacher car go yeah. before do well. We saw Nicky Lauda. F1 well, if, car it, go it, well. if it's sold, yeah, they're they're coming on. They're coming on. I, I'll say. Toward the lower end of the uh, estimate at uh, seven seven. Well, then maybe they're really coming on fourteen million what eight hundred seventy three thousand three hundred twenty seven dollars. Wow! And I give that whole speech. <laughs> it was twice your guess, uh, roughly. But it, I I think this blew everyone away. I mean, uh, even even the auction house was optimistic at nine point four million was kind of their their sort of <laughs> verbal number mm-hmm. they were going for. Uh, all in at fourteen point eight, almost fourteen point nine million dollars. Well, he's an icon, and his probably his failing health, his health situation probably factors into the price a little bit. You know, sort of after the artist dies, the painting paintings go up, but uh, and and just the general not burgeoning, but. The F1 epidemic, which is exploding in the United States, especially after being sort of dormant for so many years. I mean, years. You, you're right. 
pulling a little bit on the heartstrings. I think it helped that uh, they brought this car out to the track. They brought out Schumacher's son. Oh, right. And they, they shot a nice video with him talking about it, driving it, racing it, him being there and seeing his dad in the car. He's still an F1, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or I don't know, is he testing or is he driving an F1? He was I, on I was, a team, yeah. but I, I don't know if um, he's still on a team. I just haven't followed it as much, so forgive me. I'm sure a bunch of listeners know all the details on, on Schumacher's son. I don't. But, wow. But talking about auctions and talking about engines being, you know, rare engines being the thing that you're going to start to see at SEMA, there is coming up for auction. I think it's another like RM Sotheby's auction. I don't know the price or the estimate. I just saw it. A Ferrari, I think a, a Ferrari Enzo V12 crate engine untouched, brand new. <coughs> Sorry, I got a cold. Ferrari Enzo, an Enzo engine. An Enzo engine, but in a crate. Is that like 04? Yeah. 03? I, I, and maybe Chris can find it, but there's a Ferrari Enzo crate engine coming up for sale. I, I, I don't know the story of how it came to be. Maybe somebody wanted a backup engine or something broke and they wanted a, a replacement engine. But here you can literally see it in the crate. Uh, maybe you could scroll through and kind of figure out what they think it's going to cost. Um, but naturally aspirated, good-looking engine, carbon fiber intake. Lemon. That thing dropped in to some kind of SEMA build would be f- fucking cool. That's <laughs> and that's kind of <clears throat> that's kind of what we're talking about because yeah, two hundred to three hundred thousand is the estimate. No <clears throat> reserve, you know, because you see so many of those cars and uh, sometimes even with the Ring Brothers, but a lot of guys, you know, and. You go, let's pop the hood, and they already start apologizing. Like they're like, well, the customer, he's a Corvette guy, and he wanted the GM crate, you know, whatever. They they do their best to dress up the valve covers and stuff like that. Yeah, and also, you know, you don't want to add three hundred grand to the budget, but at some point, yeah, it works. It's reliable. That that lump is going to go next level. I think two to three hundred thousand dollars is. Uh, an, an insane number for an engine, and I still think it's going to blow away the estimate. Yeah. I think someone's got their sights on this. A few people have got their sights on this going, I'm going to build something cool. This is going to be the centerpiece of a million-dollar build, probably 1.5 by the time they buy this engine. Um, or maybe you can get the engine from – shit. Who starred an undercover brother? <laughs> Eddie Griffin? Eddie Griffin. Yeah. Eddie Griffin did one of those need for speed, you know, yeah. knockoff yeah, right. things. Yeah. Was it Redline? Yeah, it was like Redline. And during the press conference, he crashed that crashed. Enzo into, yeah. a, into a barrier. Yeah, at like Willow Springs, I think, or something. I don't know where he was, but he hit that barrier pretty damn hard. Yeah. And it was. it's a crazy story because of some... Uh, some rich guy that had a bunch of cars and put all of his cars into the movie. That was his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There's the Enzo. Oh, oh. <laughs> my God. That's terrible. And there's a guy standing right there. Yeah. <laughs> he just plowed. Just. He just plowed. Now, I don't. Thing. Just. I, I don't know if that car's totaled, but. 
He tried. Yeah, well, engine's in the back. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so they're salvageable. All right. I can be found in Tucson at the Rialto Theater December 15th, and uh, then off to Tempe at the Improv December 16th and uh, 17th. So come on out. Helium, Philadelphia, January 6th and 7th. And uh, Dallas, working blue. We're doing a whole land cruise there with John Popper. Doing He's that so January. Cool. The He's greatest. A, just and, a good dude. And a great musician. So you just go to adamcroll.com and you can get all the details. What do you got, Motorator? Uh, I'm going to be posting some more stuff on social media all from SEMO. So just give me a follow at Motorator. So until next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndre, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Gather round for Halloween with Pluto TV's 31 Nights of Horror. All month long, Pluto TV is bringing you the best Halloween movies, shows, and more. Watch classic horror movies like The Grudge or The Blair Witch Project. Or scream along with your favorite stars like Ryan Reynolds in life. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows. The best part, it's so free, it's chilling. No credit card, no sign-up, no fees. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start screaming now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.